0: This is the High Hopes podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94, WIP.
1: of the iOS podcast jack fritz how could it not be that way when you know we do a pod after the cubs series we're morose how could they come out of the all-star break like that god they're so sure, we were like season's not over we know they can turn around but like that was disappointing and then bam dude then they come out and take two or three from the braves and then second four game sweep of the season for this team and almost had that one in la too with the canable hadn't blown that one like it's impressive stuff, man. They keep bouncing back. I think for the first time this season, eight games above five hundred for this team, and we are on the precipice of the trade deadline, Fritzy. We got a lot to get into. By the way, presented by Miller Lite, and we'll get a lot more into that uh, in a sec. But um, but Fritzy, uh, I, of course it's got to be a big yo. It would have been a, a solid yo even if it were just a hey, it's the perfect deadline pod because that's super fun and we love it. But it's a big yo because the Phillies are freaking back, dude. They're a playoff team right now. They're creeping up on the pods. They're a game up on the on the Cardinals. And they're playing good baseball and they got moves to be made and guys to come back. Like I, I'm 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 really excited today. This is as excited. Normally you know me, inside baseball for everyone. I'm definitely a Sunday pod grumbler normally, and I we, we always joke because I'm always like, oh, it's Sunday, you know, it's a day off, my only day where I don't have a show or this or that, I'm not at WIP, whatever, and I'm always like, man, uh, and then every time we record, I'm like, that was so much fun, I had the best time. Today, I'm like super ready to go, I'm, I'm pumped, Fritzy, how you doing, pal?
0: Well, I mean, in all seriousness, they usually always lose that game, mm-hmm. you know, when they that's when part they, of it
1: that's part of it they always ruin our pods like that
0: yeah it's like oh like if we recorded after last night it's like oh this would be the the we would be uh melting down on happiness and they <laughs> always know. they never capitalize on the momentum never. uh when we need it but man it how i feel right now is that for the first time in a uh, again it's been a long time for the first time in a legitimate decade we have actual winning baseball. Like the, the thing that the things that we saw this weekend out in Pittsburgh is winning baseball. And like I, I frankly, I know they had to go to extra innings with a couple of games. Like, I don't care, you know, because even the worst teams in baseball are gonna win uh, sixty plus. They games just usually. lost three
1: straight to the Cubs, Jack. Right. <laughs> we can't care. They
0: won. Right. And this is a team that has historically struggled against bad teams or yep. they would play down a competition. And the other thing that's so wild, James, is like, they're a really good road team. Like we for the last couple of years they've oh, just been dreadful. How many
1: times have we talked about that, Jack? That's been like a a running theme on the pod over the years.
0: Yeah, like anola's has a like the fourth best road ERA in baseball this year, which is wild. Um, him just being normal good Aaron Nola today was a a mild upset. It's just it's really good vibes. And James, the next time the Phillies take the field, Gene Segura. Will be at second base, and the fact that I, lo- I know it's cliche, I know it's you know it's not totally true, but you know they're going to make a, a Gene Segura level addition to the trade deadline, and later this month they're going to get Bryce Harper back to a team that has figured out how to win without two of their best players, and I just don't think that can be uh, overstated enough. You know it can't be said enough what they've done since Bryce Harper's gone down. What they've done since Sheen's gone down, what they've done since Thompers took it over. Like the only thing that causes me dread now is there's only three things O'Doole at bats, Dee Dee at bats, and Jerry's Familia. And I think at least by Tuesday, one of those is going to be taken care of. (laughs) And then I think we just saw Jerry's Familia's last outing as a Philly, thank God. God, Um, Oh, my God, dude. But I just. He
1: went out in style, classic Philly style. I had a buddy text me in the. Uh, heading into the, the ninth, like, sweep things. And I was like, as, as Familia was pitching, he's like, sweep, sweep, sweep. And I was like, not a Familia has anything to say about it. Like, come on, man. What a loser. God, is uh, honestly, between him and that I don't remember the last time, especially a good Phillies team, where there were two players I so desperately wanted DFA'd, Jack. But, like, to your point, it's so true. I mean, if you just, like... You know, look like last year at this exact time, trade deadline time, the Kyle Gibson trade, they were in Pittsburgh. I was actually at one of the games and they lost two or three, heading right into the deadline, you know? And and this year they go and sweep the pirates like that. And and they had a, a worse record at the time last year. You know, that's that's impressive. You know, it is different. And especially with the injuries they've had. I mean, you know, obviously it doesn't work this way and you know, weird things like the Braves lose the and win the World Series and whatever. But, you know, think about what this team would look like if they had just had Segura and Bryce or even just Bryce. If Bryce doesn't get hurt, are they like, are they a playoff team by like three games over the Padres and the Cards? You know what I mean? Like, so I- I've been, I've been so impressed. Uh, wait,
0: hold on. Hold on. Do you, do you think that they'd be better if it was Bryce Harper and the Castellanos situation? Uh, yeah, you or think? Oh, but hey, be a hey,
1: what a weekend. All right. All right. All right. I think this weekend was literally weekend. A, a shot at my uh, – when I took a shot, at everyone who was like, he, he leads a team in hits, he's like, I'm going to get a bunch of hits. A couple of them were good, Jack. Here's what I'll say. I feel like none of his hits are ever good, and he had four hits today. I think three the other night, whatever. Like, uh, like he was, whatever, better this series, but he he did pull two balls. Like, he did have a double down the line that was, like, kind of vintage, and then today had that rip flap. But we'll get to that quickly um, before we dive into the four game sweep and I want to, I want to do all that. We're going to do our perfect deadline coming up, even if it might be a little anticlimactic in the huh. sense that it seems like the the market is drier than I expected, but we'll, we'll dive into it. I got a lot of names to throw out there. Um, but first I, I mentioned Miller right before I wanted to like, we've obviously clearly loved the Miller light partnership so far and the Miller lights for Phil's wins. Everyone who's, who's been in on that. It's been just awesome. You know, a Fritz bit does it again. I the, the man is a, I, you know I hate to give Jack too much credit, but he's a magician. Um, but but I, I think and I I'm I'm speaking for Jack here, but I feel confident in doing it. The the single coolest thing about this Miller Lite partnership and the thing single thing we're happiest about uh, with it is that it, it gets us out there more and gets us the opportunity like the the high hopes night we had at the ballpark. We'll have another coming up. We're going to talk about. Um, but it gave us the opportunity of Iop's watch party the other night for the uh the Thursday game um the game where familia desperately tried to blow it and we were there for the end of it um and you know just before we wrap we I just gotta say like to, I, I I know Jack and I were like honestly blown away humbled uh honestly like I surreal I don't know what the right words are for the amount of people that went out to skip back pa which is, you know, not super close to a lot of places. Like it was awesome. The place was great. Timeout Sports. We had the best time. Like it was awesome. But it's you know, it's a tough, a tough ask for certain people. I know certain people came from Philadelphia and from like twenty, forty minutes and all that stuff. And I'm like, we had the best time talking to everybody. I feel like I, I barely watched the game until the end because I was talking to everybody, just having the best time. But um, I know, uh, and I'll let Jack speak for himself. But I'm, I'm speaking for Jack here and saying like. We uh, we don't curse here. We bleeping love everyone who listens to this podcast. It's the coolest community that I've ever been a part of, and uh, and and you know the high ups watch party was a, a real uh, example of that for me. So thank you to everyone who came and and all the people who, who make this happen. Fritz, I'll let you speak for yourself now instead of just totally speaking for you.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, I I don't you know love Jerry Samilia trying to ruin it. No, you know, like, and he was, tried his hardest, yeah. dude. He really did, and I didn't. I didn't, you know, respect that. Um, you know, everyone there was having a great time. It should have been one of those kick your feet up and, and watch the Phillies cruise to a win. He made it tight, but you know, at the same time, James, as Jerry Familia was was making that game closer than it needed to be. I really felt like it was the most high hopes night possible. <laughs> I you know, agree. I agree. It's I like agree. oh, the the hopes are high. Everyone's feeling good, and then there's that Familia, and we all uh, came together and uh but this year's different
1: that's why i love that because in past years and and same thing with the the night at the ballpark they won that game too it's different like normally high hopes nights of any kind just completely and totally submarine this team like even familia couldn't with his best efforts jack and the history of high hopes nights behind him not submarine that night it's different what what more example do you need that that's, this team's different, Jack?
0: Yeah, that's probably the biggest reason why it's it's okay to believe in this. Philistia. And again, yeah, that again. we're doing
1: this pod tonight, and they actually swept, and didn't you know lose a lame one, and we're like, oh, it's pre-deadline, and they won three of four, and and mock excitement when we were like we could have had a, a super fun pod.
0: No, there there's no mocking excitement here. <laughs> and um, by the like, way, yeah. let
1: the record show: one of us never bailed on this team. We never did half a pod where one of us was like you know desperately out, and the other was you know just that out
0: there well yeah and that's fair uh but i was also <laughs> super down because uh the best hitter in baseball over okay, the month of you know July. what you
1: know let me give you a mea here. <laughs> i gotta be honest we never lie to their listeners and i'm having a blast and i'm in the moment right now i'll just be honest with you like in hindsight like thinking about that half a pop we were both back in when bone was healthy like in hindsight like i was so wrong Like, if they had lost Boehm there, if that had been six weeks or something, and, like, they're screwed. Like, he has been the most important person on this team, the best hitter by a mile, like, the most consistent hitter, having the best July, one of the better Julys I remember a Phillies player ever having. Like, I was wrong, Jack. And I will actually, because so, and more inside baseball, my notes, I have uh, a let the record show and uh, that I never doubted them, and Jack did uh, note. I'm literally, that I've kept there since then, just so I can keep bringing it up. Deleted. Gotta be real.
0: You were right. Wow, you, if took, they, it out. you took it, it. out. Of if notes they out. had
1: lost Bohm, like they would have been screwed. What a stud, man. What a, what a monster this guy
0: is. Well been. well, and it's so funny. Um because like all of a sudden you start doing what we had basically been asking him to do. And you know, for what he's doing right now, like I thought Alec Baum is his rookie year. It was like okay. Here's a futures double champ, double champion and, you know, going to be a, a 300 hitter for a long time, I think. Like, I I really, really believed in him. But now, like, I believe in this version of Alec Baum more than I believed in his rookie year version. Uh, and, it, it, you know, he's finally hitting the ball in the air more. You know, he's, he's finally pulling the ball with some actual authority. It's not just these little slap hits to, to right field, which are fine. Um, but you have to be able to do damage in another way. And what he's doing right now um you know he talked about how watching goldschmidt kind of gave him the blueprint for what he wanted to do and he talked after the game how him and k long have been working on getting his foot down earlier Kay long. just so he can get just yeah <laughs> literally uh just so he can get started earlier and you're just seeing the the dividends i mean the paul like it's just so funny it's like <laughs> you know team Fransky will be like and here's alec bohm and there's a single, you know what I mean? Like it's, just, and you're right. It's like, <laughs> like immediate
1: dude. I actually, it's funny. Cause I, you know, everyone, we joke about how I am behind when I watch on TV, whenever I have to like go walk the dog or like, you know, go play with Zoe upstairs or whatever, always listen to the, the, the game. And I'll always put it on before I leave the basement. And it's always so funny. Cause I'll like, I'll like see Alec Boehm step to the plate and then I'll put my thing on and they'll be like, Oh, boom on first base singles on the first pitch. And I'm like, Okay, so I just missed it because he just, like, it's it's hilarious. I love that anecdote. You're definitely right.
0: Um, and, and the other interesting thing is that, dude, I mean, I'm pretty sure that any team in baseball could have traded for Alec Boehm uh, in spring training. Like, yep. I, I don't think he was really a part of this team's plans. You know, I think they had kind of moved on to Stott's going to be the third baseman, um, Didi's going to play short, and Gene's going to play second. I mean one of the one of the luckiest things that happened to this team is that you know the some of the so injuries happened and Baum had to play and he's played I mean you know he, he had a little bit of a struggle there obviously but this month of July he, he he's batting 484 I think <laughs> <laughs> like as a 1088 OPS I mean it's insane and honestly I, I I'm watching him now and I'm not even thinking about the player he is right now which is obviously been really fun. I love watching it. It's something, there's something aesthetically pleasing about a throwback, like 300 hitter. Um, but I'm starting to think more about his future too. And like how good he's going to be hopefully, uh, even like two years from now, because what you're seeing right now is really good bats of ball skills driving the ball, but it's still that power is going to come eventually. And when that power comes eventually, we could be talking about like, 280 to 320 with 25 to 30 homers, and that's a really really impactful player. I know the Saturday night, um, two Saturdays ago against the Cubs, like disaster defensively. I think he's been pretty good. Um, Absolutely, and, and at
1: least passable. Like at least, yeah, at least passable.
0: Not something I really <laughs> like. Thought no one um, did, but I think what we're seeing now is that Alec Bum is is turning into an offensive force, and you can start you can start dreaming. And thinking about, you know, 27, 28-year-old Alec Moe and how good that hitter is going to be. So, um, it's been really fun. It's been a good run. And it just – he must be seeing beach balls right now. Oh, my God. It is ridiculous.
1: It's like, uh, yeah, what's bigger than a beach ball? Uh, Dude, so a few thoughts on this. And I think you nailed a lot of it. And – you know especially how exciting it is about the future especially when you consider what this kid has gone through the last couple years right like does have that hits through the minors you know had some ups and downs we all remember Jack Fritz's you know hands wrists uh you know weak hands thing that we all went through and all that and has had ups Uh and downs and um you know has you know still needs to lift the ball more obviously we saw that today and um, regardless to Jack's point, if you're a 320 homer guy in today's game to 300, like that's so much more valuable than it used to be. Guys don't do that anymore. You know, the average, average, there you go. Um, Wordsmith over here is, is way down. The average on base percentage is way down over the last few years, all that type of stuff. So, you know, you have a guy who can put the bat on the ball and, and he is really good, even if he's not driving the ball, at being able to put the ball where he wants it to go. You know, really directional hitting, and that's not just that doesn't just show up in the average; it shows up in a lot of other spots too. And um, you know, the old school baseball stuff that's not just important, you know, during the season, but we know is especially important in the playoffs. I think Alec Boehm has the potential to be a real kind of, you know, guy who could have some big hits for this team if they can really you know, put it all together and get where we want him to go. Um, And then when you consider all the adversity he's gone through the last two years, you know, uh, having the, the awesome rookie star and hitting, you know, mostly all the way through the minors and then having that, you know, really tough season last year, uh, you know, where we talked so many times talk about a theme of a season, us talking about how he looked lost and there was no one there to grab him. And it seemed like no one was kind of helping him along in this season. You know, such a completely different story, and then even this season goes through real adversity. And I think we could point to that as such a, a defining moment for him, but handled it perfectly, and it, and it really changed things. And you know, I I think when you see guys who who come up and hit well and have pedigree, again, he's that third pick in the draft. We don't mention that enough. Um, I think to see them go through this and bounce back and come back, the come out the other side and be the hitter you projected they could be you know, it just feels like it's that much more easy to believe. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like it's not, like, fluky at all. It's like, oh, yeah, like, this is the Alec Boehm, and he's beginning to be and can turn into the, the the high-end projections of the Alec Bohm we hoped and thought he could be. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, so you mean that we shouldn't just completely give up on a oh, talented player because he had a thought, down man. season?
1: What a thought, What a thought. What a thought. I know.
0: Well, it is actually – it is a really good reminder, you know, for – for uh, a player like him, who had such a good first year, was was pretty dreadful last year. Had to get sent down. Um, like it, not, we don't always have to just give up on players, especially in baseball. Uh, really, really fast.
1: More than any um, other sport, I would even say, Jack.
0: So I mean, he comes back from my bleeping hate this place. He's been in a good spot ever since. His defense has been good, and James. Like, I just, I really love the the, and I, I'm sure we'll get to this later. But whatever. Um. I just really love the vibes of, of him, Veerling and Stott. Like, I just, I like watching those three guys play. You know, obviously, it's, 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 you always have a, a stronger connection to homegrown guys. You know, they come through the system. Such you a great for point. A while. Man. Um, so it's always easier. It's like to the come. bone
1: thing. Like, watching him go through that adversity and come out the other side makes us even more attached to him.
0: Yeah. So, and, and you look at Stott, it's like professional at bats. He, I think he struck out six times in July, <laughs> which is, which is like insane jack that's insane uh, man
1: especially <laughs> especially when you think about uh the how many lefties those like left-handed guys face late in games like you know his ability to hang in there and foul balls off and work at bats i, I like I, you're you're crazy if you haven't been impressed with it considering his age and, and obviously you know service level so to
0: speak yeah and and frankly i don't care um yeah, he struck out six times in July. I just wanted to make sure. You
1: know what, Jack? To I don't care. made me think of, let's just let's just say this. We're no longer mentioning his average. With Bryson Stott, don't care. I don't care what his average is. I don't want to hear that he's batting 196 or 200 or 195 or whatever. Don't care. Watch the games. Watch him bat. And if he sucks, we'll know. But guess what? Right now, he definitely doesn't.
0: Well, you read my mind because I was literally going to say the same thing. No way. Oh, I love it. We're the best. It's so fun. I'm having such a
1: good time
0: tonight. I just I don't care what his average is. Like He he consistently works good at bats. He seems to come up with big hits when they need it. He doesn't strike out. And I think we're seeing what could possibly – listen, I think Schwarber's been – like I have no qualms with him being at the leadoff spot. I, for some reason, there's been this like sort of meltdown recently. Oh, is RBI this RBI that? Like, dude, the guys hit the guys hit 30 leadoff homers this year or something. Like, I, I'll I'll take it if he feels He's comfortable. He's the there, MVP
1: of the team this year, like flat yeah. out. I, there's no both uh, both obviously on the field alone and also as a locker room guy, the toast, the uh, the winning culture, all that stuff. Like. Schwarber is the most, like, with Harper out, obviously, Schwarber's been the most important Philly without a doubt. Like, no question.
0: Yeah, but if you want to make the case, okay, next year, Stock can be the leadoff hitter, and you can move Schwarber down to a, to a, you know, more run batters-in kind of position. Like, sure, you can make that case. But regardless, like, doesn't strike out, puts the bat on the ball, seems to come up clutch. Uh, I think the defense is really good. Seems like his instincts are just really, really good. And I just think that... The more and more he plays, the more and more Stott's going to get better. So Stott, boom. And then Veerling, you know, um, I think that they are definitely going to go out and try to make a center field upgrade. I'm good with it. It's just I want Matt Veerling to play every day. Like, I don't – like. priority is making the playoffs, obviously. But I also want to see that guy play because I think he consistently makes good contact, seems to be pretty good in the field. And, yeah, you can go get a center fielder. Um, They did a lot – Oh, they did. They did twice this series, where Schwarber was DH and Veerling was in left, and um, you know Odubel or whatever would be in center field. It's a pretty good uh, um, defensive uh, outfield. So, regardless, making sure Matt Veerling is still in the lineup every day and playing and whatever, that still has to be a priority for this team because I think he's a winner. So, um, you're starting to see what the I know they call him Phillies daycare, whatever. Um, But you're starting to see three young guys that are contributing around a, a, a team that frankly they haven't had in years past. And that's really important. And it makes this, this run, uh, ever since Rob Thompson's taken over that much more fun to me is watching what the young kids are doing. So, um, shout out to Phil's daycare. And, uh, again, uh, deadline comes Tuesday. They want to get us center fielder. I'm pretty sure, but I need my guy, Matty V to play every day.
1: Yeah. And we'll get to the deadline stuff. I, I just texted Emily and said, uh, it's obviously gonna be a longer one tonight because. Oh, I know. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going <laughs> for it. Um, but but to your point there, I, I first and foremost with Veerling, it's funny because he's a guy where you talk about um the Boehm thing with what his future could be. Vierling's a guy where I actually think about the future a lot, and I do want him to play more and whatnot. But I'm actually really excited, just as we've talked about so many times. You know, I don't need to to you know dive into it again, but just the idea of the you know and he's not as good a player but but of the, like the the Zobristian nature of him and just how wow. value- yeah you like that you like that uh thank you we're on point tonight i'm really excited i'm i'm in a great mood everybody um but seriously like, he's a guy who who is uh, even if he doesn't start every day but starts let's say 125 130 games a year and fills in in other spots and pinch hits and whatever like what a valuable player to have who can play third and play second and play outfield and play first if you need him to or whatever. Like, that's like such a, uh, you know, we, we we used to to bring this uh, phrase up, I think, more on the pod than in recent years. It's kind of to going back in the, you know, uh, wayside. But, you know, money ball, this stuff, it's like a market. It's a market in efficiency. Having someone like that, you only have so many roster spots when you have someone in your roster who can adequately play all those positions and offer you something as an offensive player. It's such a... A valuable thing and to your point about the daycare guys like not just have they you know is it great to see them grow and contribute and both boom and Stott, perfect examples of what we were just talking about about giving guys time like you're not just going to come up and be awesome all the time like in stott's case like you know it takes time for you to adjust to major league pitching like There is no bigger jump you will ever take in your life than minor league to major league pitching. You know, it's like that type of like absurd level of jump. You know, if you're a professional player, obviously, if I pitch against major minor league pitching, that would be a bigger jump. But you know what I mean. Um, so I um that alone, and then the Boehm thing, giving him a chance with a down season, and then with the the bleep and hate this place and all this stuff. Like, it is they're both really good. Stott just in this season. The way he had his July that he had in the bats, if you just watch the games, the way he's been like that, that stuff should be a lesson. Like, like, especially when they're pedigree guys, especially when they're the third and the 14th pick in the draft, when they're, you know, both top hundred prospects but in the sport before they come up. Like, don't just like bail if they if they struggle. Don't. Hey, Joe Girardi, if you ever get another managing job, which, you know. I'm sorry to whatever team that okay, is. Looking less
0: likely by the day. Yeah,
1: what, I'm sorry to whatever team that is if it does happen. Like, you know, don't not give them an opportunity to play. And I know Scott, You never know what happens if there weren't the injuries and all that stuff. But, but, but thank goodness, you know, because that guy's mattered. And for those guys, they've also contributed in a meaningful way in games that have mattered for a team that's in it. Like. What better, you know, you know, we talk about reps in life and whatever you do, like what better reps are there than that? Uh, I think I'm really like for a franchise that, you know, as we know, and as we'll talk about coming up with the trade deadline, guys, we talk about guys trade has has really struggled to draft and develop guys. You know, Bowman, Stott are both looking like guys who have a chance to be like, you know, quote unquote, legitimate wins.
0: And um, and that
1: it's like it feels foreign,
0: (laughs) Jack, honestly. Yeah. And I got two quick thoughts before I'm sure we move on, but um, I, you, you can't tell me there's not a coincidence between these guys playing with confidence and Joe Girardi not being here. Oh, no doubt. Like, you, you just, you can't convince me that him being out of here doesn't help these guys. And when we're talking, the other, the other thought I have while you're going there is that when we talk about the future, these guys getting it, these reps right now is really important. When we're talking about, the direction of this team and the next like four or five years really being this team's window to win a championship, getting Bohm and Stott in big game, big reps. And so that you don't have to go out and fill every need by trading away your prospects as soon as you get them or spending hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency, letting these guys play and develop and becoming a key part of your future just makes the whole team, uh, make more sense. So when you're evaluating could this be like uh again, we've talked about it when when um Girardi is fired, but about like the Abreu trade in 06. It's not the same thing, but it, it you know, and how that let Rollins, Utley, and Howard kind of be the leaders of that team, you're seeing the young kids, ever since the Girardi fire has happened, um, feel comfortable and they legitimately feel like pieces of this team's future. So um, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been ridiculous, it's been a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, shout out to those guys. Yeah. I mean,
1: the numbers are astounding. I, I think it's 33 and 18 now without Girardi, you know, 33 and 18 under Thompson, you know, that's like, um, I mean, I just, it's really hard to, to present a case that at least in some way, and maybe it's overkill or this or that or whatever, but, I mean, you can't look at where they were and what they are now and just, again, especially if you're like us and you watch them every night and the, I know literally the people, every single person listens pod, like, we're diseased. When you watch them every night, like, I don't know how you could possibly watch them under Girardi, not just this season, but any of the seasons that he's been under Girardi and, and watch them now. And I know the talent level is different from, you know, 2020 or whatever, but, um, and, and last season, even, you know, at, at points with Harper or you know, you, whatever you want to you know, kind of change it out with. But um, I just don't know how you can't see like a completely different feel around this club. All right. Um, we're going to get to the trade deadline in a bit. Um, I want to. Uh, and again, I'm sure you'll get to other stuff in the tape bag. But I want to fire off just uh, uh, two other guys I want to talk about from the weekend. If there's anything else you want to adding, um, we can. And again, just, uh, you know really strong weekend i know it's the pirates but after the cubs sing after winning two or three against the braves to go in and not just win three or four but sweep take two extra inning games you know get some big hits some big spots you know the reese homer what a big hit you know um so much stuff um but two specific i want to ask you about one definitively positive one we'll see and let's start with that and you know who it is really strong weekend numbers wise if you just look at the box scores and you know, at least in a couple spots and confidence wise, maybe for Nick Castellanos. Um, you know, four it today, three the other night. I think he batted over 500 for the weekend or close to 500 for the weekend. Um, you know, what do you think about Nick, who's at least, you know, starting to maybe show potentially signs of, of life? I don't know. What do you think? Uh, By the way, Jack, like, <laughs> there's nothing I need more. In my life, I, I love this team. I'm happy they're winning games. Like, if, if Nick could, like, even just be solid and not just horrible the rest of the year, like, it would mean so much to my soul. Anyway, go ahead. I, one time, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I mean, I legitimately thought that he had a, a, a good weekend at the plate, just from the standpoint of I thought his at bats looked a little bit better. But then he would have something where it's like the, the ground ball double play. Today, or- yeah. Or the strikeout the bases loaded last night, and it's like, oh, come on, Nick. Um, But I do think overall I thought that he had better at bats this weekend. I didn't think he was chasing as much. I do need him to stop swinging at first pitches every time because, like, what do you think they're going to throw you, Nick? Um, You're not going to get a fastball. Um, But I do think he actually swung the bat with, like, I felt like he was some authority
1: driving. like for, yeah. the, for the first time in two months. It felt like he was yeah. hitting a baseball angrily. Yeah. Again, honestly, Jack, I joked about, it. I can't remember if it was you and me or someone else where we were joking about how like, I honestly don't remember. Uh, this was before the weekend. I don't remember him pulling a ball for like two months or something. And then, you know, he, he rips it, that double. And I was like, that's like, the first Castellanos hit I feel like I've seen since May, May, early May, that actually felt like I was watching Nick Castellanos at the plate.
0: Yeah, and between that and I'm like actually, you know, trying to do damage rather than just hey, let me just foul some pitches off and maybe I'll <laughs> flip one into right or whatever. yeah, just check swing one yeah. softly
1: into the gap and right exactly. Yeah, that's how oh, he bats two fifty. he gets one hit a game. That's like a little bloop, soft hit, and it's like oh, most hits on the team. Sorry
0: still right you, you really you're really not handling the <laughs> no. Casanos it's
1: because because uh, I feel like the people we interact with are smarter than that
0: go ahead right but I do think that he he legitimately I thought had good good at bats weekend but now it's like okay good start you got away from Philly I think he need to get away from Philly for for a weekend um but capitalize on it you know this is you know t- it's time to hit some balls out of the yard I mean he's still eight homers on the year which is ridiculous, embarrassing. So, so to Aaron Judge. Then, did
1: you, I think it was Johnny Heller who tweeted out. Uh, Aaron Judge has as many homers since the All Star break as Nick Castellanos has all
0: season. Yeah. Well, listen. Aaron Judge is currently probably what the third best. I, know, baseball I behind, know. I know. I
1: know, dude. I know, dude. I know, dude. But we're <laughs> it's July thirty first, so I can say this. It's not August yet, and we're talking about him having as many as Castellanos all season. Since like July, you know, thirteenth or whatever, dude, or July fifteenth or July eighteenth or whatever it is. Like, come on, like that's... <laughs> up. damn it! <laughs> it's embarrassing. I'll believe it. I won't forget. I won't. And if I do, it'll be hilarious. I didn't even say it. I said the beginning, but I'm still gonna believe it anyway. That was hilarious. Uh, and, and, and by the way, that's how so, fired up I am about this. See, that's I know. Serious, like so- Nick, there, there is. So you had a, a funny thing recently. I don't remember. I think it was with um. We were talking to Elliot or texting or whatever, and you were like you know, what's like of all the, you know, opinions takes the every now what's when you like really hope is you're most right about. And like, in my head, I'm like, I don't even have any others. Like I only care about Castellanos. I don't, I honestly don't care if I'm ever right about anything else again, ever. If this guy can just not suck. That's how much this hurts my soul, Jack. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Well, it hurt you so, so much that you, you didn't even, like, let me get the joke out before you jumped all over it. I'm and it was, sorry. Did it, I'm and so and, fired uh, <laughs> up about it. Go
1: ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. It's my bad. I'm so sorry.
0: I mean, I, again, Aaron Judge is cute, but he's, what, the third best hitter in baseball <laughs> in July behind Alec Bowman and Austin <laughs> Riley?
1: Got, Austin Riley is tough. Dude, I like it.
0: I know. I mean, you know, I don't know if my... I guess my my is better than Austin Riley take is, like, aging pretty bad, but at least Boehm's starting to show some signs of life so maybe it's not that bad maybe it's a win win yeah it's a win win stop, take stop for stop
1: cuz hold on you're you're misrepresenting your take your take was austin riley sucks and that is aging horrendously let's be real i was real about my nick Castellanos-ness, all all right horrible take jack
0: I don't think I ever said that Austin Riley sucks. I don't oh, think that was okay. ever something I said on this podcast. I love
1: or- that. One of my favorite things is that we have a, a diseased fan base listenership, high hopes community where we can't get away with stuff because they listen so long and listen religiously that everyone knows. Jack, it's I'm worse saying.
0: It's all right. I'd still rather have Boom. Um, so, yeah, the Castellanos thing, I just hope that this week can kind of get some going. Yeah. I, I genuinely, uh, I would rate it as a positive Cassianos weekend and uh, not a disaster. So that's a win, right? It is a win. All right, one more guy I want to ask you about. And
1: outside of the, like, I'm not going to ask you about it. We both want Familia and Oduble off this team in any way, shape, or form, the base running thing on... Whatever that was, two nights ago, three nights ago, I don't remember, I think two. And the fact that he can get benched, the fact that he's in the lineup today, like I can't I can't I, I'm done with my bandwidth for that. I'm not even talking just like I'm not talking about Bryson Stott's average anymore. I'm not talking about a Like I I just I I just want him to be gone. Um, the last guy I want to ask you about, and I saw an effusive tweet from you with stats and, and everything to back it up. He's back. Who am I talking about, Jack?
0: Oh, we talking about Ranger Danger? Yeah, buddy. Tell me what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, So at the beginning of the year, before he got hurt, it was like, yeah, some of the outings are fine, but it felt like there was a lot of traffic on the base paths, And there was like, even like, what was the Dodgers game? He went seven innings and allowed one run. It was like, yeah, you know, it was fine. It it didn't lead me to believing that he was what he was going to be last year. And I was actually surprised. So uh, he wasn't getting as many whips, wasn't striking out as many guys. Strikeout rate dropped at 18% uh, at the beginning of this year. And what, what made Rangers so great last year was just a very simple plan, I felt like, to hitters every single night. It would be, you know, righties would be fastballs in, 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 and in, in, change up away. Bang, there's an out. With lefties, it's that sinker under the hands. Um, and then the curveball slash slider running away from them, change up, that can go under the hands. And I, I felt like genuinely it was a really good plan. It was a really good plan for, for Rangers Suarez. And this year, like, never had the control, never had – well, he never had the command. The command is different than control. And um, I didn't think that Ranger had it. And since he's come back from his little IL stint, strikeout rate has jumped to 26% and what it was last year when he was a starter was 25%. So we're legitimately seeing what Ranger did last year right now, which is I mean you're adding a guy possibly um who had like what a 1.5 ERA. Yeah, right not like
1: not like a 1.5. Yeah, yeah, 1. Yeah, five. It's
0: it's insane.
1: After and after being like the most effective closer in baseball for a month or whatever.
0: Yeah, so Rangers last year was ridiculous, and I don't expect him to pitch to a low two for the rest of the year or under two for the rest of the year. But I think he's to Or even to being, two. Let's be
1: honest. Yeah, you know?
0: <laughs> we'll let him. We'll let him pitch to a two, whatever. Um. So it's so
1: magnanimous of you. I, I appreciate that.
0: No you, pressure. You would kid.
1: never let Kyle Gibson pitch to a, to a four or a three
0: or whatever. So I appreciate well, that. that. That would have to be possible. Um, <laughs> so that's the that's the key <laughs> difference. Um, but yeah, no. And, and last night, last night, it was like the fifth thing and I was sitting there and I was like, is this last year? Like I genuinely, I felt like I was watching last year Ranger last night where it's like, oh, and we start the, (laughs) we start the, the bottom of the third and the bottom of the thirds over, you know, it's just, it was so fast, so done, so quick and Which was yeah. last year, Jack?
1: That's like such a like. It felt like he worked so quick. He just mowed dude down at dudes down. He threw strikes. It's such a like if I could describe what I felt like Rangers' year was last year in like an emotion. It was like quick. <laughs> like
0: the dude just moved. It was easy. It was really easy. Easy's better.
1: Easy's better. Uh, let's yeah. go, let's official high up spot. Rangers twenty twenty one was
0: easy. It was just like okay, Ranger's are gonna go seven innings and allow like one run. So and it'll
1: take like an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah,
0: but but legitimately, it just raises such a floor for this team with the way he's pitching right now. Like, imagine if they go out. Well, that was and, my point. I
1: was about to say it's almost like a trade deadline guy. Like, right? Like it's almost like adding a freaking stud at the deadline.
0: It's that, but it's also imagine if they go get a real difference maker starting yeah, pitcher. Yeah, well, we'll and, get we'll get to
1: that, won't we, buddy?
0: yeah, so like you you think you start dreaming on this rotation, you know, whether it's uh, Ranger as the three or whoever they trade wherever they uh, trade and for. Then Ranger's
1: the four if it's like this for like a like a between last year and what, you know that version of ranger and and you know, we'll get to him, but like a legit dude as the three and four in whatever order they're pitching best, like, you could like again that Jack to our point, where and we just want to make the playoffs. But that's how you make the playoffs and do real damage is when you get those kinds of dudes, you know?
0: Yeah, and they they can't they can't head into this like second half of the year, um, banking on anything from Zach Eflin. Like I just think that would be a foolish way to go about it. And if Zach Eflin comes back and is is fine again, and I believe me, I want him to come back and be fine because I love Zach Eflin. But you can't. You can't bank on him coming back and giving them much. So you have to almost head into this trade deadline with the thought that Zach Eflin's not pitching again this year. But regardless, then you go possible future rotation of Wheeler, Nola, blank, Ranger, or Ranger, blank, and then Kyle Gibson. I mean, you, you want to talk about winning a postseason series. I mean, that's, that's how you do it. So shout out to Ranger. Seems like he's definitely back, definitely getting whiffs. His sinker was finally running, I feel like, for the first time last night. He was dotting both sides of the plate. Welcome back, Ranger. Missed you, kiddo.
1: Yeah, and, and just from a mentality perspective, if you just totally take stuff at the equation, you think about, like, what Philly – purely from a mentality perspective, what I trust most in, in a playoff tight game scenario, either starting out of the bullpen, whatever. Stranger, it's, it's what we talk about. The dude's got friggin' ice in his veins. We saw it so many times. So I, I think he'd be a, a really interesting guy to watch in those type of see how that translates to true pressure situations. All right. Uh we're gonna get to the take back later. Coming up in a second, we're doing it. We're gonna do our perfect deadline. I got a lot of names to fire off of Fritz, a lot of stuff to get into, yes. and we'll give our, our perfect perfect deadline. But again, one more time, I just want to shout out, obviously, uh, shout out to all the people who came out to skip back, but also Time Out Sports Bar. Like, this place was awesome. They were so accommodating. Food, beers. They just I just kept getting handed Miller lights. And uh shout out to Neighbor Dan. Shout out to Neighbor Dan for giving me a ride out there because uh, I was able to drink a little bit and have a good time, which was pretty sweet. A lot of Miller lights. They kept coming, and that's because Time Out Sports Bar was a freaking blast. If you're in the area, even if you're not, it's worth a trip. Time Out Sports Bar and Skip Back, um, again, where we just had our first Miller Light watch party. The place was huge. Multiple rooms, tons of patios, TVs, uh, and, again, $3 Miller Light uh, specials for games plus um, in light of that. And for the first time, I feel like, with a with a game, At last time at... It all happened quickly. Miller Lite came on board, and it was like, oh, we're going to a game right now. Um, We're giving some time here. Like, this is a a event update. As as a shout-out to our sales guy, Steiny Michael Steinberg. We love him. Uh, As Michael would say, event alert. Um, We got another High Hopes game coming up. What? Uh, Yeah, buddy. Um, So it's going to be August 26th. Our next ring the bell, Miller Lite. Liberty Landing at Citizens Bank Park Friday, August 26th. Verse, ironically, the Pirates. Pretty hilarious coming off this series. Uh, 705 first pitch. We'll be at the Miller Light Liberty Landing uh, from 6 p.m. on, hanging out. And anyone who's come to these games, and I know so many of our, our peeps have, and even people we saw last night. Like I know Michael and his mother Lisa have come to uh, a bunch of games. I saw Michael.
0: I saw I Michael say- there,
1: not Lisa, mm. I'm just yeah. – Michael mm. was at timeout and Skip Back and lives in Philadelphia, by the mm. way. So, like, Hike City, Lisa wasn't there. I'm just saying. So, I'm just throwing that out there. But she can redeem – I
0: think it's fair to question her commitment. That's what I'm saying. Broadcast. That's
1: what I'm saying. You know, they're usually there together, and that's what we love about it and appreciate it. Um, she can redeem herself, though. August 26th, a chance to come, uh, and uh, WIP List in the Game will be giving tickets away – Leaning up to it, and, uh, Jack, you want me to give you a little uh, potential exclusive uh, that, I don't know, might uh, might tip the scales? Either one way or the other it might make people not want to come, but I'm guessing it might make people uh, maybe not come because of it, but certainly excited that they could uh, could meet someone. Jacks, there will be someone at that game. Do you know who it is?
0: Chase Utley. Um, way
1: less cool for most people than <laughs> that. <laughs> but for me, no one cooler. Rumors... Zoe Seltzer might be making an appearance at that game. Emily as well. Um, That's the word on the street as of now. Jack and I will be hanging in the Miller Lite Liberty Landing, which is an awesome place to watch a game and hang out. It's a really cool spot. Um, And potentially, likely, I will say, Emily
0: and Zoe Seltzer hanging out. How about it, Jack? Yeah, it's not as cool as Chase Utley, but it seems like a, it seems like a I know, pretty buddy, good I consolation know. for prize. me,
1: it's my favorite. But I get that it's for literally. I was gonna say 99 percent for a hundred percent, except me and Emily, and maybe like you know her grandmother and my you know her uncle and whatnot. Yeah, pretty much everyone else. I mean, even my uncle Peter. I love Uncle Peter. He might want to meet Chase Utley more. I don't know. Um, so yeah. Now I, I is Zoe gonna?
0: Better. I mean. Zoe knows the, the the plan here though. Like we're gonna have to take a lot of photos. Oh yeah. I mean is so, she ready to go? Like she's yeah, photogenic. But, dude, all right. So here's the
1: thing. Photogenic, for those who have not seen her her classic Miller Light for Phil's wins photo, there's one out there where she which actually Jack, I'm not even kidding, is the background of my phone now is the Zoe Miller wow. Light so holding up my Miller Light on my phone. Shout out to Miller Light. Um but yeah, Zoe's not only photogenic, but she is also like The most people like she is like we always joke. She is about as seltzy as it gets in terms of like she loves to meet new people. She loves everyone. She loves to be the center of attention. She loves to like be like, look at me. I'm going to tell you something. Oh, this that like she is like super seltzy. So if you come like Zoe will probably be be excited to meet you literally no matter who you are. So, you know, just saying.
0: (laughs) Good. Yeah. Good. Yes. Uh, I, I do respect both. Uh, Miller Lite and Steinberg—they uh, seem to pick the the correct opponents to I know. Have, like. I mean, the let's get Diamondbacks some let's get some yeah. wins, baby. Let's get some. Let's
1: get some wins. We need
0: them. Yeah, yeah. Miller Lite for wins, pretty much guaranteed against the, against the Pirates. Yeah,
1: so we're gonna be uh, announcing how we can get more tickets uh, for those games, but obviously you can also get them.
0: Um, online
1: or just get tickets for the games but we will be giving some away as well so um you will be there we'll be hanging out the light liberty landing whether you win them or not so uh come say hi come hang out come meet zoe and emily and jack fritz we're there buddy take bag coming up later it's time perfect trade deadline i'd like to thank the phillies for basically making no trades except like A baffling one with the literal team they're most directly competing with, where they bring in Edmundo Sosa, who's like basically uh, worse hitting Johan Camargo so they can put Johan Camargo in the minors and bring Sosa up. And he's uh, better defensively, I suppose. But um, real quick before we dive into the names out there and then our our perfect trades, um, what did you make of this
0: kind of – I think a lot of people were like, What?
1: yeah it was really weird i i i mean like
0: it's i guess it's fine, you know, I guess if you want to
1: look they're to not me, losing I'm, cause of it right it's not like, right, see, like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, my my first thought was like Annie's back in the lab man like i felt I like, like an that Ani move. I love that spin so,
1: on it, buddy that's such a fritz spin yeah. I love it
0: yeah listen it took it didn't take me long to start believing in the uh, <laughs> the ness of that trade um but yeah like my other thought was are they really going to DFA dfadd? like i wonder if they had the um if they had the the kind of stones to do that i will say though you know uh last year i thought he really did have a have a chance i mean he did play he played 113 games batted 270 735 ops and, like his numbers in the second half i think he had a i think he had an 830 ops in the second half of last year so maybe they're just viewing it as like a a devalued asset on an organization that, like, not the you know most forward thing. Yeah. So from August first uh, until the end of last year, he batted 307 with an 860 OPS and this classically
1: walked by Joe Girardi, leading to a Phillies loss. Let's not oh. forget
0: that too. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. It was big game. Yeah. Horrifying. Anyway, oh, man. horrible. Um. So yeah, I mean, maybe they're just viewing it as like a an asset that had a chance a year ago that just got off to a really bad year. They gave up JoJo who. You know, the, the Red Bull gifts are amazing, and I like his stuff, but like, the he raise over seven in the big leagues? So um, it's definitely a weird one, um, but I guess if you're, it's never a bad idea to have e- another elite defensive player on this team. So um, sure, I think he's, I think they have control of him until 2027. So, you know, they have him for a couple years here. They didn't give up much to get him. Maybe he has a chance, but I still think he's just like a, you know starts once a week late inning second shortstop third baseman I don't think there's like star potential here but sure I guess it's a team that a move that winning teams would make
1: all right let's get to our perfect deadlines let's first though I want to go through I'm going to fire names and situations off you I'm going to kind of go through the majority of and again for people who don't know how we do our perfect deadline we usually try and be realistic about it we're not like I want them to trade for Shohei Otani. and like you know, were usually by the way holy crap if Joey gets traded. Like, how do you gauge the value for the most talented player we've seen in our lifetime um, when you take it all into account? Um, And obviously the Juan Soto thing, like I think the nationals are foolish. We've already talked about this to to rush the, the biggest organizational decision you might make in the next decade. Uh, and to, to exclude team, it's not like it's like a, an asset that's depreciating. It's Juan Soto. Like there might be a bunch of teams who aren't going for to it. be more in. And you've got, it's, it's like down to three teams and the Cardinals, the Dodgers and the Padres or whatever. It's like, like, you don't think those three teams will still be interested when the season's over? You think they're going to decrease their offer when maybe these other teams are in, too, for whatever reasons? Like, anyway, whatever. I hope they wait to the offseason for their own sake, but you know what? Screw the Nats. Um, but but we try and talk about, like, the real names that are realistic possibilities for the Phillies. So I want to fire off names that, you know, and again, they're more high and more low end. we don't know what they're going to do, but I'm going to fire off the names that I think are, are, are feasible for the Phillies and, and you tell me if there are anyone add quickly. I think we can both agree that, um, and we'll get to names, but I'm going to focus on starting pitching and, and some bats. I think that over the last month plus where the bullpen has been as good as it has been. Um, I think it's more interesting to kind of focus on the other stuff. They might add a bullpen arm. They might not, but would we agree that maybe a, a bat and a starting pitcher are the two clear needs, or at least the things we think they're going to invest in the most?
0: Yeah, I think they'll invest – I mean, starter 100%. Maybe try to do the Gibson trade last year where they get a starter and a bullpen option. Hopefully, it's not Ian Kennedy. Um, although, <laughs> he's still the closer in Arizona. Hello. Uh-oh. Um, so, Mark yeah, Melanson so think, fell apart? <laughs> oh, Mark Melanson, yeah. Finally. I don't know. I'm waiting I feel years like, for Mark Melanson yeah. to finally lose a closer
1: Dude. job. What a miracle.
0: Mark Melanson was in the Yankees. 9 Yankees. It's, right? uh, dude, It's
1: uh, no one is held on to closer jobs more when I, and again, you know, I watch a lot of baseball, but I don't see every Mark Melanson, but where I'm more mystified by it when I watch the guy pitch. I'm like, how does this guy have like, whatever, he has 300 career saves or whatever absurd number I'm sure it is.
0: Yeah, so um, I think starters priority, Salisbury keeps mentioning that uh, center field is definitely something they're interested in. Um and then I, I would still like another legitimate bullpen weapon, uh bullpen option. Uh, they are legitimately getting some good pieces back though. I mean like Kouaran's on his way um Eric Miller they've kind of transitioned into a bullpen guy we'll see if they trade him heading into this uh deadline but um yeah just like if we can just have Coonrod take the familiar role um you know like they, they could be they could be ridiculous here so I still think another bullpen option but a starter is definitely priority number one
1: all right Melanson 258 crew saves overshot
0: a little bit but still insane
1: um all right um so I've, I've grouped them I'm gonna fire off the the high-end options. The like middle group and then kind of the like, all right, we're just going to get a starter. I think if you look at the the guys on the list, I think they're they're at least guys who have been realistically mentioned as real options for the Phillies. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think that, you know, top two and, you know, they're talking about Hector Redone maybe getting traded and, you know, all this stuff. But guys who we really could see the Phillies maybe trading for. Um, would you say Montas, Pablo, and melee would be the top three? With melee maybe a, a, a notch behind those top two, because that's the way I would look at it.
0: Yeah, I think it goes. I think it goes Montas and and Pablo Lopez, same tier, and then Meili, uh below them for sure. But uh, I still like Tyler melee So so yeah, I
1: love melee uh, Like in terms of compared to this, like if I had to look at this list and say, all right, who do I think might be the best deal. And again, it all comes down to what the market becomes, but I think mainly is, I think mainly good. So for, for reference sake, for saving you the trip to spot track, uh, Mealy is signed for one season after this. There's not like all three of these guys as they are signed past this season. Um, Mealy signed through next season, Montas through next season, Pablo through 2024. So an extra year of Pablo, I think you'll probably cost more. And if I had to bet on, uh, you know, which of these guys is most likely to not get traded? Pablo would be that. But break down yeah. these three for me what you'd be willing to give up for them in, in general, you know, before we get to real, our, our own trades. Um, and just the likelihood of you think that these guys could be Phillies.
0: Um, I, I like Montas a lot. Um, I said I would probably put Abel on a trade package to, to bring him here. Um, you know, I think his stuff is really good. I think him pitching in, um, you know, a, a pennant chase, I think would be good. And I think it would, uh, raise his level of talent, uh, not r- raise level of talent, but like raise his, you know, want to, you know, it's hard to, to be totally locked in when you're playing on a team that's trying to lose. So, uh, I love Montas. I love Pablo Lopez. I was surprised that, uh, they're going to make him available. And I agree. Like if, if they're going to put him on the market, they are looking for legitimate, like able, is is starting that package. It's like Able
1: plus O Hobby, <laughs> like that yeah. kind of level. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So listen, um, we'll see. And then I think they'll be, they would be able to get mainly without giving up Abel painter or Griff. Um, that's where if, I'm at too, by the way, buddy, that's what I think. I think they'd be able to to do that. Um, but if you're asking me what, it's just, I, I can't get a read on what he's going to do. Like, it's so weird because we talked about the old Dombrowski and he'd always go for it and he'd trade prospects and he'd do all this. He just hasn't done that since he's gotten here. You know, he's been tasked with rebuilding the franchise and, and getting them to look like a, a well-functioning machine. And I think he's definitely done a pretty good job of that. He's um, you know, identified some, some pieces that have helped, win, uh, help this team a lot. Um, I, I going for a rental, I'm not a huge fan of, there's some interesting names that make sense. So, you know, I, I I again, I wouldn't hate putting those guys on the table. One of those guys to go get one of these starters to help this team and help next year's team. So um, I'm in on all these trades, and uh, I. But I just I don't know if he's really going to do it. I think they're finally linked to Melee today um, by Jason Stark, so that was good to see, and and whatnot. But yeah, it just for such an ace guy that Dave Dombrowski has been. It doesn't seem like he's really going for a big swing here. Yeah, it doesn't.
1: So perfect segue. And you mentioned that Stark tweet. The other two guys in it are guys who are on the last years of their contract who are rentals. And you would assume if Dabrowski's doing, it, he's not going to. That's a point, right? Like he's he's not in on on making the big deals if the market's not there because he doesn't want to give up those prospects. Thus, give up less to get a rental, which, you know, if it's enough less, like we're, we're good on. So let's mention those two guys who are in that deal where right? uh, – And then I'll add two more. I'll I'll just combine those two in a group. I I separated them mostly because they were in that Sark tweet. But let's just do the four guys who, if you got them, were a one-year you know, or half-a-year, end-of-the-season, done type of thing. Outside of Rodon and Ivaldi, who can opt out after the year. And I think both Will and Rodon especially. I think expense won't be in the Phillies' target market. But Cindergard and Quintana, obviously we just saw Quintana are the two guys in that. Stark tweet were both uh, contract up at the end of the season, and then the other two names that have been floated about over this time: Chad Cool or Cool. I still don't know how to say it in Colorado. I think it's Cool. Cool. I thought so. I'm just excited to say Edmundo Sosa. Um. Uh. But uh. uh cool. And uh, and uh, Martin Perez, uh, the other two guys who are up at the end of the year have been kind of floated over this general trade deadline portion. Those four names, the likelihood, and if you had to bet on one of those forks, it seems like, it, it, you know, forgetting what you want, it seems like you're the way you're talking, you're leaning towards the Phillies getting one of these type of guys more so than a, a melee or even a Montas or whatever, it, it appears
0: yeah i think that's fair um let me just put this out there now um i do not like noah cinder i he's my, he, he's my least favorite
1: he's uh, my least favorite group
0: i don't think he's a good pitcher uh i think he is more name than actual production i don't like that he doesn't strike anyone out anymore I, I watch his start um a couple starts ago and i'm just like yeah this is not that interesting and He's not even pitching like once every fifth day. I think they're giving him extra days in between just so to make him healthy or whatever. Um, so I'm not a Noah Syndergaard fan. I've never been a Noah Syndergaard fan. He has allowed the most steals in baseball. Um, well, I think he's like top three of most uh, steals allowed. So whatever. But I think Noah Syndergaard's probably going to be a Philly, just because like I don't like him at all. So <laughs> it's generally, like it's generally yep. what they do. Yep. We've we've documented many of this uh, where it's. Uh, I'm not a big fan, but they'll do it and I'll be like, okay, I guess I'll have to talk myself into this. So let the record show. I think they trade for Noah Syndergaard. I don't like Noah Syndergaard, but I will obviously talk myself into him being 2015, 2016, uh, Syndergaard here. Um, Martin Perez, I don't think they're really going to trade. You know, I, I, I they probably should, uh, um, probably. Yeah. I just I don't know. They, they, they Look,
1: they, they're not making the playoffs. It's a shame. Do you know they have the worst record in one-run games through this point of season in the history of baseball? Like they've got. Oh, that
0: sounds so familiar. Ah, uh,
1: they've gotten pretty unlucky. But like, dude, like, what are you doing? Get whatever you can for the guy. You know, what
0: are we doing here? Yeah, and and I would agree with you, but I just it seems like they're not going to move him. So I think that's weird. Um, he would cost I think a, a decent amount. He wouldn't cost Abel Painter or Griff, but nah. definitely a lot of the the lower level guys. So, uh, but I would be in, you know, he's been really good ever since I've said, he like was falling apart. He's had like two straight dominant yeah. starts, which is helped. And my was a
1: former game. pedigree guy. Like he was a top prospect once upon a time. I always like those guys who have the pedigree and then,
0: you know, maybe figure it out later all that. Yes. Uh, Quintana. Uh, I like a lot. If, if you're labeling my favorite of those guys, it would probably be Quintana just because like, look at I think us. He's gonna,
1: Me too, buddy. Look at us.
0: Well, I just think he's going to give them a good outing every time he's out there. You know, is it going to be super high-end? No. Um, Is it going to be super terrible? No. But I think on most nights, he's going to give them six or seven innings of pretty well-pitched baseball. And, you know, I can kind of go to bed feeling pretty good about Jose Quintana being in my starting rotation. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with the Jose Quintana trade. Maybe they can finally do the, the Christian Hernandez. He can be in the trade unlike like, last year uh, for Tyler Anderson. By the way, it's been funny. You know, Tyler Anderson, the Phillies tried to trade for last year and had a trade done. He's been, like, one of the best pitchers oh, in the game. He's been a stud it's, for
1: the Dodgers. Shocking.
0: It's hilarious. Um, yeah. So, Phil's new. Phil's yeah, new first. Well, Dave's got to get um, it done, man. Dave's got to get it done. I mean, and on. this podcast more so than any knows my 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 deep love of Chad Cool and oh I know (laughs) yeah Um, I'd rather
1: have him than Syndergaard and I'm sure that's a very uh you know I'm sure we're we're in the minority there
0: yeah I just I have little interest in in Noah Syndergaard um but Chad Cool you know he's had a pretty good year (laughs) out there in in Colorado you know it seems like he'll have one bad start one good start um, definitely does not seem like he pitches very well at home. Obviously it's a, it's a tough uh, place to pitch at. Um, but yeah, I always has had good stuff. I've always loved Strad cool, but when you're talking about evaluating a guy you like versus trying to make the playoffs, I would rather have like a Jose Quintana.
1: Yeah. So Quintana is my favorite too. I mean, he just has the longest
0: track record of success of those guys. We just talked about
1: the four we just talked about. All right. Um, let's get to it because uh, I think we both have trades involving center fielders. So I don't think we need to get to the other names there because we're both going to talk about it in a sec. Um, I feel like I should go first because I feel like whenever we do these, uh, you know, look, I'm not an ego guy. I, I, I don't care. I think people get it more excited for yours than mine. So I feel like we should save that. And I'm serious and I'm totally good with it. There are other things I'm great at. It's all good. You know, we've got a, a beautiful thing. But let's let's save you for the last. I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine, especially and and there's another reason for it. It's not just that you know, you know me being magnanimous and and you know just being a generally good dude. But the other guy is like, oh, the the guy I do the pod with. But whatever, um, mm-hmm. I I mine's also incredibly boring. Um, now because it's so boring, I did give you a perfect and a likely, so at least I have that. But like, my my perfect perfect trade deadline, you know, moves, deals, whatever is like pretty lame because not only is it just one trade, but it's the one trade we've talked about like 8 zillion times. Like honestly, it feels like for 15 years and it's really been like a year plus. But like, I honestly think when you look at the market, and all the names we talked about, the situation they're in, like I think it's worth giving up, you know, whether it's it's Abel and uh, Rojas and Brown plus or O'Happy and this or whatever the package is, like I just think if for now and the next couple years, like I don't I think Montas and Loreano just make so much sense for this team. I look at where this team is at, I look at what are the the biggest holes that I care about now and in the playoffs and it's a starting pitcher and it's a center fielder like you have to believe Harper's coming back Segura's coming back like we're filling other holes naturally Rangers been better like whatever but like I feel like if you can get a guy in Laureano a guy who's having a bounce back season who at the age of of 24 years old had an 860 OPS in 123 games 24 homers had some you know a steroid suspension and some you know injuries and all that but like Seems to have bounced back, is an above-average center fielder. And oh, by the way, is is signed for a while. He signed through his 29 season. So he's 27 right now. You'd have him for the rest of this year, his 28, age 28 season and his age 29 season. Like that's like, you know, the physical peak of your career at a at a really solid price, at a desperately needed position. And Montas, like we talked about, we just went through the names who we think are realistically gonna get traded or at least realistically in the Phillies market, and Montas is the best of them. So, like, I, as we've talked about so many times, like, I don't particularly, I'm not looking to trade McGable. I'm not looking to get rid of prospects in an organization where drafting and developing has been the most important thing forever. But, like, I think this core, especially if you're making a move where you're getting one guy through next season, the other guy for two more seasons, like, I just think it makes a lot of sense, and it makes your team so much better right now and moving forward, um, I'm going to give you what I think is a much more likely center fielder starting pitcher combo. But what do you think of that as just like a very lame, predictable response?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I would do it. I, I love Mick Abel, um, but I just we've talked about this a lot. You know, we talked about how this team is in their prime right now to go for it. And you know, I, it's both like. It's their time to go for it, and I actually believe they know what they're doing when it comes to developing pitchers. So, um, you know, it's it's an all-in move. It's a move that, uh, you know, it, it requires giving up a top prospect for, but um, you get a guy in center field in, in, in Loriano who you hope that by the time that contract's over, over that Justin Crawford's ready to go or is close to being ready to go. Um, so that's good to see. And then Montas, you know, you, again, you walk into a playoff series – with Wheeler, Nola, Montas, Ranger, like, that's tough. And and you know, Harper
1: back and Loreano right. in center and Segura at second and Stada yep. short, and it's like, crap. Like, I got, like, a real team all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, and next year, you know, they have more. You know, they have those guys back and then some. A lot of so, dead weight
1: off the books. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: They're, they're, and no more Oduble. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest win of all of this. So, uh, I I didn't think I would be in James, but I, I am in. And I know
1: it's so lame because Jack and I have literally talked about whether trevina has been in it or not over the last year and a half. We have talked about that exact trade for so long, but it like it almost feels like you know fate. It feels like this is the trade they should have made all along. All right, I'll give you really quick, and then I'll get to Jacks. But really quick, the the more likely and and it's Mailly we talked about, but I think it's I think Mealy will be cheaper than Montas, and certainly cheaper than a Montas Oriana trade. I think you give up like. Ohapi, or or maybe even Rojas plus Ben Brown and something else and get Mailey and I, I think it's worth it he signed through next season and I'll give you a center fielder name who's not like doesn't light the world on fire but if we're just talking about like a cheap trade like trading a lower or mid to lower level prospect for a guy who lets you not play Oduble and fills some holes for you Um, And shout out to my brother, shout out to Peter, because Peter texted me this and I was like, I don't know. And then I looked into it and he's literally by a lot of metrics been the literal best defensive center fielder in baseball. And he's someone I'm sure you have to have owned him in fantasy like 15 times, dropped on, dropped me on over the years. Um, And I don't love someone who's like kind of having a resurgence here offensively at 31, but like Michael Taylor in Kansas City probably would not cost much and he is again by many metrics the best defensive center fielder in the sport this year and the way the the team has been put together you know he's a uh, batting like 270 something 275 you know he's got a, a not much pop but, you know 6 7 homers a touch of pop he's uh, you know i think got a 740 ops or something like that like look it's not anything special but if we're talking about like a realistic give up like a lower level prospect and and hang on to the guys that matter type of move um, it's someone I hadn't thought about a lot cause it's not like a name top of mind, but, um, and he is signed through next season to it at, at like 4 million, like super cheap. Um, you know, I think if you're looking for a guy who could come in and, and, you know, if you're especially with them hitting a little better and Harper coming back and maybe the offensive side of things, it's more the get O'Double out of my lineup side of things. And if you get someone who potentially could give you like a plus, you know, defense in that spot and, and hit enough. It seems like something that, that could really make this team better when it matters. So um, an interesting name to throw out there. Fritzy.
0: the floor is yours. Boring, first of all. no. I know. I
1: said, I said it. Oh. I said lame. I said lame mean, and boring. That's why it, but I said Montez and Loriana, <laughs> which was lame. Uh, Not boring, but lame. And then I said, I'll give you a per, you know more practical, boring one. Give, uh, blame Peter, all right? Jeez. Taking is, crap is. on my brother. But sorry, Peter, The Jack's yeah. such a jerk. I just want you to know.
0: No, that's classic Peter, being boring as, <laughs> as, as anything. I mean, come on. like Michael A. Taylor, whatever. Luckily, I know he's-
1: luckily, he's way too busy to be listening an hour and
0: ten minutes into a podcast. So we're well, good. listen, Michael A. Taylor's fine, but again, again boring. I was
1: trying to be – sorry for being like real, all right, <laughs> uh, for once. Sorry, <laughs> buddy. Not like right. you. It was like, oh, the Phillies are the best team I've ever seen. All
0: right, go ahead. Well, we're getting there, um, especially after this perfect deadline. So I'm just James, happy you I, made I, it here
1: for this pod. All right. That's all I'm saying.
0: I just want you to sit here and and I want you to just dream.
1: Marvel. I'm sitting
0: back. I'm not even going to be. Just go ahead. I'm not even going to talk. Yeah, it's no, it's fine. Go ahead. I just want you to dream with me for a second here. Um, Obviously, my first uh, perfect trade deadline trade is. Um, Abel, Painter, Bohm, Stott to uh, the it's Angels just, for Shohei Ohtani. <laughs> yes,
1: and is that enough <laughs> is the question. Yeah. I think uh, you
0: might have to give up Justin Crawford and whoever else. <laughs> not tradable, but don't let facts get in the way I, of the good I, story. I know, I know. So here's it, it's not it's not a crazy amount. Um, but here's what I would do in, in my perfect trade deadline. I would trade Logan Ohapi... Ethan Wilson, Bailey Falter, and Eric Miller to the Chicago Cubs for Ian Happ and Scotty Frost.
1: I'm so real quick just to show why we're so good. Ian Happ the only center fielder name that I didn't mention that I had on my list that I was going to bring up afterwards, but I I for some reason, waited and just like kind of was like, I'm not gonna mention it yet. If Jack doesn't mention it, I'll mention it. I, I, I don't know what to say. It's magic, buddy. It's magic.
0: So Ian Happ is now. You talk to the metrics, whatever. You no, know, not a great defensive center fielder. But if they want to stick with the plan they've had until Bryce comes back, where it's like Schwarber's the DH, and you go Veerling in center, happen left. I love that. Um, he is signed through next year. He's done a really good job of not chasing this year. Um, I, you know how I've been on a big growth mindset kick, James. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, buddy. I do. Yes. yes. Ian Hap single handedly ruined my fantasy baseball year <laughs> last year. So for me being willing to even, Oh
1: wow. Yeah. It says a lot. It says a lot really about where you're at in your growth, yep. you know, mindset <laughs> process.
0: Yes, thank you. So you get Ian Happ, and next year, whether you want to put him in center, um, whether you want to put him left, second, I'm pretty sure he can play well, almost anywhere in the in the infield. He becomes like your your Chris Taylor kind of player. Um, I'm getting Ian Happ, and I'll figure it out when we go from there. And Scottie Ferros is just like a little sidewinding righty that um, like just advanced stats love. So I'm just getting a good little bullpen option in addition to that, and. I only have two trades, so it's not like a, a big trade, but I'm getting a center field option and Ian Happen and another left-handed bat that I think would help. I know he's a switch hitter, but, you know, if they're looking for left-handed hitters, whatever. Uh, my second trade is Johan Rojas, Ben Brown, and Donnie Sands to the Cincinnati Reds for Tyler Man. Yeah, there it is. There it um, is, buddy. I'm getting a three. So that part four. of my
1: second trade wasn't too boring. All right, good, good, good.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to go get Tyler Maley. Um, I'm going to kind of bank on Great American Ballpark being a very annoying park to pitch in. I love the stuff. ERA is like 2.8 in his last 13 starts, so that's good to see. And, again, I just kind of believe in the stuff. And one of his really good years um, was with, uh, Caleb Coffin as the assistant pitch, pitching coach out there. Um, so, you know, getting them back together, I've always loved his fastball. So I'm going to get Tyler Maylee, Ian Happ and Scotty e. Frost. And I'm, you know, talk about a future NLCS champion level team. I mean, that sounds like that. Also, um, just two quick things on the deadline. I know you mentioned them, uh, as kind of like a not, you know, um, I guess he has like an opt-in or whatever. But I do wonder about Nate Evaldi. Like, I would, I would go trade for Evaldi. The only thing is, I guess his fastball v is the lowest it's been since 2016. And it seems like he could be hurt. Like, talking to some people up in Boston, they think he's, he, he, he could be battling something. So, while I love the idea of Nate Evaldi, and I would probably still do it, um, and I would be shocked if, if Dave wasn't interested because, obviously, he got him in 2018 and he was ridiculous, um, there is some injury concerns. So I want to make sure the medicals um, are good before trading for Ivaldi. And then this is just like personal, but if they can find some way to get Alex Lang, who I think is the next Clay Holmes from the Tigers, like I'm just, just doing that as well.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I'm in on Maley too again. Uh, I would be very happy. He's on my fantasy team. So look at that, Jack. Um, you know, no big. I believed him when you didn't. I said, should I pick up Tyler Maley? Got dropped to my league, and Jack's like, I don't know, man. And I picked him up. And let me tell you, I'm happy I did, Jack. Six, uh, one run innings, seven Ks yesterday, or six, two run innings, seven Ks yesterday. Let's go, buddy. Okay. Um, Anything else on the trade down there before we get to the take bag and, and, and I guess finish the pot? Look like at this. How fun is it to, to not have me being like, Am I going to bed? We ever finishing? We only need to do the bit. I'm, I'm chilling. This is great. What do you want to no, say? No, I mean, the floor is yours, Jack.
0: I guess last thing on the deadline, um, it is. Uh, I, I. Again, I. I genuinely. Yeah. You know, I, I did my perfect offseason. I did that. I usually have a good idea of what they're gonna do, James. But I genuinely don't. And I. And I do wonder if this weekend, going out and sweeping and kind of seeing the vibes around the team, Dave Dombrowski's nature, um, John Middleton. Obviously, you know they talk about his competitiveness and and want to to win. There's one thing though that I that I've been thinking about is and you know. I think they'll make it. I'm all in. It's just like I I can't totally do the whole 11 years since they made the postseason thing. It's like an excuse for mortgaging a lot, I guess, in a way. Like, you almost have to separate it. Like, yeah, they, it's been 11 years, but they've really been competing for the last four. So I just want to make sure, you know, that they, they're smart about it. But um it's just really interesting. I genuinely don't know what they're going to do. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. We'll obviously do a live reaction pod. Uh, we'll be, yeah, Tuesday
1: night at 6 o'clock when the deadline ends, we will pod flat out 100%. Yeah, so
0: it's going to be interesting. I can't and wait. And by the way, uh, the
1: M's, it's funny that you bring them up. They did go out and, you know, get Castillo. So we might not, uh, th- that that phrase might change. It
0: might be like the actual longest if things go poorly. And then sadly Julio, uh, you know. Got hit on the wrist, so.
1: Oh, how that does that feels. feel to have, like, the most important person in a baseball uniform to you in your life get hit in the hand with the baseball and be writhing in pain? How does that feel, Jack? Because I wouldn't know. Cannot relate. <laughs> all right. Uh You got anything in the take bag or or did we cover it all in the hour and a quarter or whatever we're at that we've we've uh, talked about?
0: No, I got some stuff in the take bag. Of course you um, do.
1: I should have just said
0: what's in the tank bag. But yeah, go, yeah, ahead. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. pal. Go ahead. Um, let me just put this on the record now. One hour and 15 minutes-ish <laughs> into this podcast. Either Trey Turner or Raphael Devers are going to be Phil's next Oh, my
1: year. God. Be still my heart. What are you talking like, about? Come on. What are They're you, gonna, what are you gonna be famous. doing us right now, really? They're gonna be oh my
0: God. One, one of them is Please, gonna be a film. From yeah.
1: your lips to God's ears, Jack.
0: The Turner one for me was the first one that kind of jumped out. Um, so he's a free agent this offseason. Bryce had a quote like a month and a half ago of like, Yeah, well, I can't wait to see where Trey Turner ends up. Um, so that kind of perked my ears up, and then you know, they were linked to it again. Uh, only's on the podcast, and like. Pretty much only labeled the Phil's as Trey Turner for this offseason. Nightingale, like a month ago, said Trey Turner in the Phillies this offseason. Um, there just seems to be a lot of little whispers about this, and I think that's interesting. So you, um, but then you start thinking about it, it's like, well, they can't afford another big contract. But then you think about Dee off the books, uh, Gene off the books. You know, uh, I would definitely consider if, if they make the Devers trade this offseason, I'll definitely bring Gene back. Um, but obviously, you know, you have Stott at short and and, um, and Turner, uh, at, 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 or started second. Turner is short. Um, but Turner, it just like, you have all the stuff about the, the, the you know, the, the, the insiders are linking into the fills. You look at all the money coming off the books, you know, Familia, Canable, Hand, possibly Eflin, Gibson, Oduble, um, uh, Segura and Didi. That's a good amount of money freed up. So, um, I just have a weird feeling that Trey Turner will be a fill this offseason. If not, you know, if, if they have – like, D- Rafi Devers is, like, Dave Dombrowski's guy, you know. Didn't and mine. The, and mine. Not just me. Yeah. Really and a lot of yeah. smart people I, in th- I said
1: if I had to bet on anyone under 25 to get 3,000 hits, I would bet on no one. But if I had to bet on anyone, it would be Devers.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, Devers is so good at a young age that Dave didn't put him in the trade for Chris Sale. Um, you know, he put Mankata and, and Kopak in it, so – he definitely has liked him forever. Um, apparently, they offered him like one hundred and fifty million when he's looking for three hundred million. So, it seems like a uh, bad negotiating tactic <laughs> there. I mean, they're gonna they could possibly lose like Xander's, Mookie and uh, Davers
1: and Xander is insane. I mean, even like, losing Mookie alone is insane.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, like, how are you crying poor? You are the Red Sox, anyway. Um, if they do move them, I, I do wonder if they approach this trade deadline with the eye. On possibly going after Rafi Devers this offseason. So uh just want to put that into the universe at the end of this podcast. Uh, love. One guy, lo- one guy, just love. Love, love, I love. Go I know. That was for you, pal. Thanks, buddy. The one guy that we didn't mention in this podcast, uh, yeah. And one other guy that we didn't mention in the offense. Like, dude, JT's like, we've yeah. been tough on no, JT. you're right. You're right. He's been awesome. We've been tough on JT, but man, like, you're starting to see, he's starting to drive the ball. You know, he's trying to see the classic. You know, uh, right field line home runs that we weren't seeing at the beginning of the year uh, has a really, really good hard contact rate in July. So, shout out to JT. I know we've been tough on you, but um, just smoke the ball all weekend long.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We've been like really, really, really tough. And I've said, play Garrett subs more and all this stuff. And, and, Look, right now, that looks silly. Like, he's been awesome, and uh, he's, it's him and Boehm have been, like, the two guys, if you're watching games, outside of just a Schwerber home run potential. I think, like, the last couple weeks, you've been watching games, it's him and JT that have, for the most part, been the most important guys in the lineup, which is crazy.
0: Yep. Uh, Corey Canable. You know his season ERA is (laughs) 2.59?
1: That's great. Now, he did have the one game where it was, like, a ton of iron runs. Um, you remember that where we like four or five hundred runs, but, um, yeah, I was at the Mets seven, one game. I don't know. Either way, um, either way. It's great. He looked awesome. Two innings the other night was like lights out, big spot. Um, he's really,
0: really settled in after, you know, kind of getting demoted and all that. Well, the biggest shock was that an inside move worked. Like I've never seen one actually work in a game before, but like a, a pure inside move. Uh, was able to fool O'Neill Cruz. So, um, yeah, man, Knable's been awesome when not in the closer role. And, like, yes, yeah, Sir Anthony's a closer. That's fine. Hand is in there at some points. Um, but, like, Knable and Bilotti, Bilotti was also disgusting. Oh, dude.
1: Straight, yeah, struck out the side. He was
0: nasty last night.
1: Nasty. What a find.
0: Yeah. What a, what a find. Fine, Let's go. Um, uh, there was a report earlier today. You still have like, more? Really? Go. Ahead. I, I have two more. I'm just Uh, kidding. There was a report from earlier today about like, um, yeah, Phils don't want to put like Ben Brown and or Logan Ohappy in a trade package. It's like, listen, this has to be posturing. Like, there's just there's just no way that you wouldn't put those guys in a in a trade package, like in the right deal. Obviously, you don't want to give them away, but like in in Logan Ohappy's case, I think he's gonna be really good. But like JT signed, and you have a bunch of of, of catchers ready to go in the pipeline. So, um, like I I hope it's just like playing hardball and, and trying to get prices down and saying, okay, we'll put a hobby in to get the deal done. But other than that, a very, very surprising report.
1: Yeah. Ben Brown, I think a, a 33rd round pick who's having a season. 34th. There you go. A, uh was having a breakout season. It's like, it's exciting, but like, let's not get carried away with the untouchable tab on Ben freaking Brown. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I hope Dave is playing chess while everyone else. You is better checkers. be
1: Jack. You better be buddy.
0: Yeah, uh, and then last one here for you. Would you rather the Phillies had fired Girardi when they did or fired him this offseason but Rob Thompson is not here? Oh, when they did. Save the season.
1: Honestly, I, wow. I, like, like, I would have rather they fired him a week into the season and gave Rob Thompson the job. But, yeah, either way, to the heart of your question – yeah, I'll take what we what what had happened. And if we end up with Rob Thompson moving forward, that's fine. Like Rob Thompson doesn't hurt you. Like he's not great or anything. Like or who knows? But I don't think he's like super great. But like he's fine. Like I think what we saw with Girardi is that you just need a guy who's not gonna freaking kill you. Like you're not gonna win the World Series because your manager's like amazing like kevin cash has not won the world he came close not when the world you're going to win the world series your manager freaking wins games for you like you know what you can do though not make the playoffs because your manager is so horrible that he costs you like four games in a season where it matters like so no i don't care that's fine i want to win games let's go i need to be in the playoffs jack enough enough you know you made the whole thing like oh i don't want to get carried away in the 11 years of this huh. i'm not gonna get carried away either but it's been 11 years jack enough
0: and plus the Miller the Miller Lite watch parties for for Phil's postseason games I'm sure would be oh my god electric. dude oh my god let's go
1: August 26th. don't forget we'll talk more about it coming up but August 26 uh, Miller Lite's high hopes ring the bell night down the same all right Fritzy um, I have no final thoughts uh, an hour twenty whatever in uh, it's always bedtime I I have actually gotten to the point where I'm I'm done I we I I have nothing to say. Um, so the floor is yours. Any final thoughts, my friend?
0: It was a long podcast, but generally it flew by as usual. And so. worth it.
1: Like if there was ever a time after a four game sweep, you know, six or seven or whatever it is, a bounce back series, the trade last time we talked before the deadline, we'll talk right when the deadline happens. Like, you know, some, sometimes the situation calls for a long pod and that's what we're here for,
0: to give you a long pod. Hundred percent. So, um, buddy, happy trade de- trade deadline season. Dave Dombrowski, let's see, let's see the real Dave. You yes. know, I would love a yes. cool the little. The legend. Trade. Where's the legend? Right, the guy yeah. we heard about. Yeah, like where's the where's the trade that's going to put this team into the postseason? Um, I tweeted about this. I'm sure you saw it. Uh, and yes, I'm pretty sure that only. Uh, me and neighbor Dan care, but the <laughs> the Reese Hins Homer uh from over the weekend is just gonna look so great on the on the Phil's <laughs> You're yearbook.
1: You're correct. You're the only dude here. That's
0: right. <laughs> I can't wait for it. So um happy man. Trade deadline season they're actually in it. They're actually playing good winning baseball. If they come out of this with a freaking like Wilson Ramos, uh, Estrada Cabrera, whatever trade deadline, I will I will be furious. So uh, let's have a real trade deadline and uh, two games in Atlanta, a bullpen game against Spencer Strider, which I don't feel great about. But <laughs> oh, really? You
1: want Nick Nelson yeah. going out there to start a game for you in in any Man. situation?
0: If Nick Nelson didn't get tasked with having to be the opener in Atlanta, how about
1: that? How funny is
0: that? Uh, Like his numbers would be really, really good. We can get um, all the shots
1: of oh, remember when you know Girardi kept Nick Nelson in the game instead of Canavel after the Harper homer. We can see that because he's starting, so that'd be really fun,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I tried. I've tried to uh, eliminate the Joe Girardi led Phils era out of my out of my head, but it's, you know, every once in a while, I got to be reminded of just how dreadful it was.
1: Yeah. Well, they would be like six games up in the playoff chase. If we weren't for it. All right. Uh, last thing. And again, we will be back Tuesday at six, I guess we'll be recording at six. So you'll,
0: you'll well, unless they make a, a big late. trade tomorrow night. Sure. We'll
1: that's possible. Make a big deal. We'll be back after that instead, whatever. But, but either way, um, we'll be back in the next couple of days based on trades, what they do. Um, and I will leave you with this, which, you know, um, I've often admonished Jack for but. um, feels appropriate uh who let the fills get hot he's friends of seltzer we'll talk to you later